Hello and welcome to the Shake It Up show, the show that looks at everything Berry AFC related. I'm Nick, I'm your host, and on today's show we've got a very special guest, as usual. Uh, it's going to be the gaffer, Andy Welsh. Now, a lot has happened since Andy was last on the show. We've had uh, two lockdowns, we've had two games, two victories, and then the curtail of the season, which uh, was obviously quite disappointing for us as supporters and obviously Andy as a manager. So we're going to get a, a little bit of the gaffer's views on those things, as well as uh, hearing what he has planned for the future. So without any further ado, please welcome our gaffer, Andy Welsh. Hello, Andy. How are you doing? You all right, Nick? I'm all right. Thanks, mate. How are you? How have you been over yeah, the last really couple- good. How have you been over the last couple of months? What have you been doing? How have you passed the time? Uh, it's been uh, obviously tough from the football perspective, um, being unable to be with the, you know, with a team, with a club, um, around just live football, really. Um, so I think um, it's been a real wake-up call in terms of what football means to us all, which I always knew what it meant to me anyway, but um, certainly now it's one of them, where you just you just want to get back to some sort of normality, um, but if anything, you know, I suppose it's one of them where, in in terms of you know the, the Berry fans and being unable to watch the team for the last couple of years properly, um, you know, it's kind of welcome to our world type thing. I think for everyone as well. So, you know, I always go on about uh, having that empathetic view with with our fans, and certainly now I've got it more so than ever. Definitely. Um... But you have been slightly busy though, because you've been doing your uh, Saturday morning sessions. So yeah, tell us about them. Yeah, so um, the first lockdown, um, obviously, we've got you know hundreds of kids uh, that, that that come to our academies across you know Yorkshire, and um, it was just trying to find something for them to do, and you know started doing free uh, sessions on Facebook. So you know we get around hundred and. 130 to 150 quick kids join us um, and uh, it, it's me doing the you know the ball mastery skills on a Saturday morning taking it old school back to uh, my playing days really. And you've got a, and you've got an app as well that's coming out soon is that right? Well no it's already out it's so already yeah out. we've got again that's another one we've got uh, 450 kids um, from all over the UK um, that are on the app uh, basically it's a ball mastery app for um, kids from the age of four all up to we've got academy players from um, even including girls football we've got we've got a Spurs under 16s uh, girls player on on it on the system we've got Norwich players Newcastle United yeah you know but all they, all them have gone back to their clubs now but what we've been able to do is develop a system that challenges them as individuals and um, you know, there's a lot of apps out there that you buy it and you don't hear from people ever again. You just, you know, a bit like a, a, a kind of games console, whereas this year you're interacting with our coaches every day. So, um, you know, it's been a real good, uh, a real good one for, for the kids and certainly for us to, to start working in that online environment. Give it a plug, Andy. What's it called? It's just called the Forza Football Academy app. So um, the, the company is Forza Football. Um, so it's all on our Facebook page. We're on Instagram, uh, YouTube. We've got, uh, we're doing really well on YouTube, you know, been able to build that to 
I think there's 530 odd subscribers now. Um, so all the sessions that we do on the live sessions, we upload them to YouTube as well, completely free. So kids, coaches, parents, uh, you know, if they're looking for to improve the kids' game um, for nothing, you know, go and have a look at the sessions. There we go. Brilliant. Fantastic. Right. Yeah. So back to uh, why we're here, obviously, very AFC related. Uh, so no sooner had the lads returned from the second lockdown, we uh, we played a couple of games and yeah. then we were hit by another one. So uh, let's get your views. But <laughs> God, it seems like so long ago. So the last, yeah. you know, the Chatterton game, 3-2. Uh, yeah. Was that, on, was that on Boxing Day? That was on Boxing Day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah Boxing Day. Yeah, Gosh, it feels it feels like was it age. Boxing Day? Was it? Bo- yeah, yeah it, was. it was Boxing Day. God, it feels yeah. like an age ago, wasn't it? So um, and, and like the lads were just getting into the rhythm, weren't they? They were just you know you could see lots of things happening on the park and lots of you know uh, passages of play and 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 yeah. even though we'd had a, a, a substantial period of time out, you could see things were still gelling and and and, and how um how. Annoying and upsetting was it for you to have to just kind of, you know, curtail the season and and obviously that yeah. we didn't know that we we're going to bring the season to a halt. But when, yeah. when when that second when that third lockdown came in, how how did you and the players feel about it? Um, well, me being me and the players being the players, we we always work up until the last minute. So we actually trained. Um. At Power League in the city centre of Manchester, I think on the Wednesday that the lockdown was being put in place. Wow. I think it was the Wednesday. Um, so yeah, funny story on that. Obviously, we we kind of weren't accepting it. We thought, you know, is it gonna and then obviously we'd already kind of said we're gonna train anyway. Um, so we did uh we did a, a you know two-hour session, did a lot of fitness work, and then we did round robin games to finish, which you might have seen us having a bit of banter about Liam McDevitt and the youngies, the oldies, um, which is where he actually broke his wrist. You brought in... Tell us about that. So what did he do? Yeah. Um, I forget what it was he did. Um, but funnily enough, we were talking it on about it on the WhatsApp group today because there was a, a video flying around um, like if, when football returns and it was basically a guy trying to kick the ball and he were all over the gaff. So... Um, you know, I think it was Jimmy Moore putting, uh, was that not the young Givy Oldies game? And then at the end, he'd kind of fallen down. The guy hurt his wrist. And I think someone had mentioned, was that when Liam did his wrist as well? So, you know, it's a good bit of banter. The lads are still, you know, in contact and, uh, you, you know, talking to each other. But I, I think just for, for stuff like that, it's very difficult. You know, no one's got the answers. Um You know, there's players that have got mates that might be playing in the pro game or in the conference and you know, we're no, we're we're no, uh, we're in no man's land mm. because you've got your grassroots starting back on the 29th. Yeah. So, for example, Mark Slater with Walshaw, you know, their league have already said there's going to be a tournament and think, you know, and then there's us all the way up to the Conference North. We know where to go. Nothing. There's, you know, and it's just bizarre, you know, and it's frustrating because. I mean, you just want to see football, you want to play football. So, you know, the FA, let's get it going, give us an indication of what's happening. So I was going to say, in your opinion, Andy, what could have been done 
to safeguard the season. Do, uh, uh, you know, I've spoke to uh, a couple of players about this and just sort of yeah. discussing, like, we knew that COVID was coming. We knew that there, there was going to be some upset to the season. Yeah. Um, what do you think could have been done to to make sure that we didn't get another null and void season? Um, did we look at the fixture programme first and foremost? Because if we started the season knowing that we couldn't finish it with having to play Saturday Tuesdays, why don't we why didn't they just put in place we're gonna play each other once? Yeah. And if we play each other once, but we're gonna play each other once in a short period of time. So, you, you know, you might have all the fixtures done by, say, I don't know, January or something. Yeah. And then from then on, it's a case of, right, you could have then said, uh, right, we can carry on and we play each other. That, that's just my mindset on it, having a bit of a proactive mindset on it rather than, right, COVID's here, season's finished. You yeah. know, even up in that, I mean, even I, I still wasn't having it, even up until probably... I just knew it wasn't going to happen four weeks ago, but up until uh, January and, and, you know, all the way through January, I was still saying if we come back, you know, uh, start of February, still yeah. got a chance. And people are saying no. And then I was saying, you know, even if we came back mid-February, still got a chance of playing once. Yeah, but when we do, there's just too many people saying it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. And if we're all saying that, then it isn't going to happen. Um but but my biggest thing is now then what what is the way forward? Because I, I think nobody wants to be part of something that hasn't got a future. Yeah. So what would you do? And that's what, the worrying thing going forward. Then Andy, what what do you think? What would you what would you suggest then? Have you got any ideas, or is it just the case? Well, of, I mean, I, I do think we should be kicking off earlier this coming season. Yeah. Because I've no doubt about it that. You know, from what the, all the experts are saying, we're probably going to go into a lockdown in winter again. But like I said, you know, it, it, well, sorry, in January, February time, how many games would we have played anyway with the weather? Uh, yeah. So what, what was the FA in the leagues? Um, Plan. You, you know, what 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 were they going to do then anyway? Because yeah. there was still going to be a backlog of fixtures. So what's the plan? I think those are very poignant questions and, and I think the, the questions that still need answers, don't they, really? Yeah. Um, well, enough of the doom and gloom, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got... Uh, what I know it was a really short season. I think, uh, you know, for, 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 for one part of it, at least we saw some football, uh, albeit only a few games. What, what I was going to say, what I think you probably already touched on this in other interviews, but what bits were your highlights? What things did you really enjoy about... about the very short time that we had together? I think it was just the whole building process. Um, certainly the first games, um, you know, the, the, the goals, um, you know, I like my team to be attacking and score goals. And, you know, I know uh, in terms of the, the way we finished, I think we were, we were top, I think we were top scorers in the league, you know, yeah, we could have improved defensively, but again, that's. I think it's always. Uh, I think it's it's more difficult to score goals, um, than than to 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 kind of keep them out the back of the net. I wasn't worried about where we would go um, on on the goals against Tally. 
um, because I know that would have improved massively. But I was, you know, the, the goals we were scoring and where we were at on that side, it was incredible, really. Um, you know, and the character that we showed um, in, in tough, tough moments. You know, you're not talking about 15 minutes to go. You're talking about, you know, last kick of the game, Chris Holt scoring against Golka. Yeah. Last couple of minutes of the game, Greavesy scoring. You know, all, all those moments. Um, you know, Greavesy missing a penalty, it comes back to him and it takes an age to kind of come down, but he, he sticks it in, you know, with his left foot. And we're 2-0 down, down to 10 men. And, you know, all those things, which is what we've reiterated to the players is, listen, we've started something now. You know, we've started something really exciting together. Um, let's make sure we give ourselves the best possible chance when we return to, to you know, start where we left off, if you like. Definitely. It'd be nice to do it in front of bigger crowds as well. Obviously, we were restricted to, yeah. uh, you know, 300 and 150 for some of those games. So it'd be nice to do that. I know, especially for some of them lads, they've probably not played in front of a, of a you know, a crowd of a, over, you know, maybe five, yeah. 700. So, you know, it'd be yeah. nice to, to show what, you know, that to, to a few more people rather than, than just a select few, wouldn't it? Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, even Garstang away, I know we played one away game. <laughs> but, um, you know, you turn up and you can tell we travelled well on the evening. You know, the, the fans made noise and the flags, you know, even you guys with the, with the media team. And it's, yeah. so it's, a, it's fantastic, you know. We, that's what we want to continue to build on. But we, we just, you know, I feel for you guys as well, you know, in the, in the media team, all the backroom staff, all the fans, because... You know, everyone's spending time. It's not always about spending money. It's, no. You know, time is is precious for people as well. Some people might never, ever get the opportunity to see Berry play again because of, of what's happened in the last, you know, two years, which yeah. when you look at it like that, that's, that's upsetting. So, yeah. you know, are we looking at things from that point of view as well? Because, we, you know, we want, the, we want the game back um, and we want... We, we want we don't want it back with 150. We want it back with 1,500 or 2,000 yeah. or two and a half thousand, which we're more than capable of getting. It's just allowing it to grow. I think that's the that's the thing, isn't it? And having that. Yeah. And on the back of what what was happening already, you know, that like you say, the Steeton game got a bit of coverage. Uh, you know, particularly the Golka game where we were down yeah. to nine men. All that kind of on the back of all that, it was quite, you know, there was an excitement there, wasn't it? So to be able to do that in front of a, you know, a packed house would be would be great, wouldn't it? Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Um, it, it, even, but to be honest, even on those games, it, it was loud. Yeah, it was exciting. There was a buzz, proper, you know, live football. So, um, you know, and listen. I know for a fact that there's players playing at the highest levels and in the championship that, that I know aren't enjoying the game at the minute because there are no fans in there. Yeah, it's an important part, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Okay. So just moving on, and they were going to ask you a little bit about your career and and what you, you know, and and kind of first of all, we'll talk about management because when Sani was speaking to Tom Greaves, he, he took over at FC for a little bit, FC United. And he mentioned how difficult it was balancing the two, balancing being a manager and being a player. So when you first started in management, 
you did the dual role, didn't you? You you started yeah. as, a, as a player and then went into. So um, so how did you find that challenge going? Starting off first of all as a player manager and then having to kind of draw a line under your uh, playing career and becoming a full time manager. Um, I wasn't actually going to start playing again, to be honest with you. So I'd already stopped playing for. When did I stop playing? It must have been 2015. So I hadn't played for two years. Um, and then I got asked to come in and do an assistant manager stroke player role. And I was like, um, well, yeah, I'll, you know. And then I ended, I was top scorer for like the first 10 games or something. But the manager, the, the manager didn't have the greatest of starts and, and what have you. And the people that brought me in said, look, we want you to take over uh, until we find someone as, as kind of player manager. And obviously I took over. Uh, Osset um, United, yeah? That was at Osset Albion. Albion, sorry. Other two, one. Look, yeah, yeah. Yeah, before the two clubs merged. Um, and then I brought in assistant manager, Mark Robertson, with me. So when I was playing, he was... Um, the manager on the sidelines but again he's got you know lots of knowledge great experience top top guy you know commands respect so everything that I'd need when I was playing I had on the sidelines there um so my first game we I think we drew one one then we picked up a couple of wins but then I got an Achilles injury which was pretty much an old injury that I had anyway and then I took myself out of the team but bearing in mind when I took over, I think we were second bottom or something. We'd gone on a like quite a decent run. Um, but I'm telling players, look, you know, if you lose your, if you come out of the team and you lose your shirt because you're not playing well or injured, it's going to be hard to get it back. I couldn't get back in team because <laughs> <laughs> we were winning. So I did, that was it. I, you I effectively retired yourself then. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just went out the back door myself. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much how that happened. And uh, we, you know, we just went on an incredible run, really. And you know, some some top top players with us. Um, you know, we were able to get some really good players in. Chippy joined us that season, and he was you know different class. I had Scott Metcalf. I brought Scotty in, and um, again, you know, top top player. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's how. Uh, you know, I know what them two will bring. They weren't with us when we were top of a the league. They were with us in a dogfight, and you know, they they know what it's like to be in those areas as well as winning leagues. So, you know, both them players are, are, have have certainly added to our squad both character and and uh, quality as well. Definitely. So, is that is that important? Kind of like when you when you are. Have it, you know, we see it so many times from managers when they go to another club, they bring a lot of the players. You know, it doesn't matter what level they're at, whether it be Championship, Premier League, you know, League Two, yeah. they bring players. Yeah. That, 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 so, is that kind of like a philosophy that you kind of carry through with you? Is that if you know a player can do a job, you know, you, you want them with you? Yeah, I think so. I think. I think I, I did say, I remember someone did say, oh, you know, he's bringing in a couple, quite a few offset players, but you got to remember, I built that team like I'm building Berry. I built it from scratch. Yeah. You know, you know, well, I did have players that were there from Osset Albion and Osset Town, but, you know, like see your, um, your, your chippies and, and people like that, 
you know, I, I've worked with them and I know what they're about. Um, you know, Greavesy, another one uh, who I brought in at Osset and, you know, he, he, he ended up at the minute he's Osset United's all-time top scorer. He scored some great goals, which I saw one of them he posted today that he scored in the FA Cup for me. And, you know, um, so you do naturally want to bring in players that you know know the way you work and, and will give you what you want on, on the pitch as well. So I think that's just natural. I mean, if if football was a game without transfer fees and you move wherever you want, you would probably see a lot more of players going where a manager goes, if you like. Yeah. So um, when you were playing, um, you spent some time at Sunderland. And were you under, were you, did you work under Roy Keane there? Both Mick McCarthy and Roy Keane, yeah. So did any of your... Uh, so obviously, we've seen Roy on the telly. Uh, we might have seen a little bit of his softer side with, with Micah. Uh, what was he like as a, as a manager? Um, and, and have you kind of... Well, obviously, you got Mick signed you, Mick McCarthy. Um, have, have you gathered any of their traits when you've gone into your level of management? And is there anything that you've like borrowed off them as a, as a, as a manager and, and implemented in your teams? Yes. Yeah. I think um, certainly with, with Mick McCarthy, it's just trying to be have that honest and probably ruthlessness about how you want to be as a team, but not just as a manager, as a team. So it's not just the manager that is implementing the... It's, if your teammate is turning up late, tossing it off in training... I don't, am I allowed to say? I think I am. Yeah, we'll be all right with tossing it off. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah um, you know things like that. It's not always up to the manager. If you want to be a successful team and squad and and, and manager, and you know you've all got to play a part. And that's the biggest thing that I take from certainly Mick McCarthy is um, everyone's got a role to play. Whether that's a 40, 50 goal a season striker or a kid that just trains because he's got a bright future ahead of him he's still got a role to push the ones in training and did you borrow any of uh Roy's uh Roy Keane's uh what was he like as a let's first of all what was he like as a manager did did, did you get on with him or he was I mean he was quiet you know similar to what you, you can imagine and then he'd have an outburst and um you know obviously it, it's difficult for me because when he came in it was probably my an unhappy time for me at Sunderland in terms of, you know, um, I wasn't getting a game um, yeah. and I had to go out on loan. I was fortunate I'd just signed, you know, quite a long contract. So, but I just didn't want to be there um, yeah. because I, you know, it was a time where it didn't, it wasn't nice for me, but he also didn't help that situation either. Certainly, you know, um, the, the, the time when I was looking to leave, um, you know, words got exchanged and things like that. And it just it didn't sit right with me. You know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want to treat anybody like that as a manager. Um, and, uh, you, you know, there's a lot of people that have probably gone on and said this, similar things about that side of him. But we all get that he's a top, top player. I, I was, a, you know, he's one of big hero of mine, like a lot of the United. So I think everybody in that 99 era, whether you're a United fan or not, I'd respect and a lot for, you know, those United players at that time. 
you know, so that was a frustrating part that, you know, um, I would have loved to have been part of his team, but just didn't really give get given a fair opportunity. I've seen um, two sides to Roy Keane. Um, the first side, he was on a... Uh, I was coming back from Ireland and he was on uh, He was on a flight. I think he, it was when he was assistant to Martin O'Neill. I think they just played Wales. And um, and I was coming back on a on a um, you know little bus that takes you from the uh, from the plane to the terminal, and this Irish lad must have hurdled over fifteen suitcases, three people to try and speak to him, and he went you know he went rye 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 and and, uh, and he didn't even open his mouth. He glared at him, and this bloke just turned around and walked back to the other side of the of the bus. He just didn't. You know, just didn't want to know. However, I've seen another, yeah. well, I know another story to him. I, I, for those that don't know, I'm, I'm a teacher, and um, a couple of my colleagues took uh, about fifty kids to the cinema, and yeah. um, Roy Keane was in there with his wife, and um, he approached one of my colleagues and said, um, "Are these kids from Salford? Are they with, with? Are they with you? Yeah." And he just said, "Tell them to get what they want from the um, from the uh, you know." From the popcorn and coke and whatever, so I'll get whatever they want. Yeah. And pay for it. So I think he's got. He must have two sides to him, and I think he's obviously. Yeah. He's be, you and you'll know what it's like being a manager. You've got to be ruthless, and you've got to have that kind of little yeah, speak yeah. in you. But I think he has probably got quite a. He's a big softy, really. Maybe if you saw him now, it yeah. might be. It might be a little bit different, Andy. I don't know. Oh, listen. These things. I'm not losing sleep. Oh, I think you know that what you've said there. Um, you know, great. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of stories regarding that that he's done. Um, but I think also with the media side of it as well, he's he's box office in it, and he plays up to that. So, um, yeah, has he got the Celtic job or? I don't know. Yeah, I've not seen anything. I know yeah. he's linked with it. He's rumored. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you never know. He might be watching this, right? Right? If you're watching, well, you know, you, you you never know. You might end up in a cinema. And all of a sudden, he's bought me an ice cream. <laughs> we could do like a almost like a Jeremy Kyle friends reunited type. No, maybe yeah, yeah. Maybe that's a, maybe that's a stretch too. I think it's more that'd be more box office with Mick McCarthy than me, though. <laughs> um, so just touching, I, I always like talking to you about your career as a professional, and I'm, I'm I just find it really interesting. Just tell me a little bit about what it was like um, walking out, at, you know, like in the Premier League for Sunderland and crossing that white line and having yeah. that, because they're mad up there, aren't they? The, the Mackhams are absolutely nuts for the for the football up there. What was that like yeah. as, a, as, as a, a young lad that's come up through Stockport and and made his way through the leagues? What, how, did, how, yeah. how did you feel when you made your debut that time? At Stockport, you mean? Or no, at, at, Sund- at Sunderland. No, sorry, yeah. I was thinking more about um, Sunderland. When oh you- no, I mean, you know, it's uh, it's every every you know uh, little boy, little girl's dream of of making it in the professional game, and um, it, it you know I think back to me me the start of the Premier League. We you know I started probably the first four or five games and. The first game was Charlton at home and I got an assist. Uh, second game was Liverpool away. <laughs> um, you know, so I got sent off at Anfield that game, mine. But uh, Yeah. Yeah. What, 70, what did you do? 75 minutes or something. Great rest. Um, 
Yeah, it was a straight red. Yeah, oh. the, the ref said a kicked out at Louis Garcia, but I think everyone remembers Louis Garcia and his diving antics and, and things like that. So it got rescinded, fortunately enough, which meant I could then play against Man City on the Tuesday at home. Um, so, you know, all these feelings that people think about and, and you know, boys and girls go to bed dreaming about and players go to bed dreaming about standing in a tunnel, you know, in a derby next to, say, an Alan Shearer about a walkout at, you know, uh, at St. James's. You know, I've been there and I've, I've done all that, you know, standing in the tunnel at the Stadium of Light next to Van Nistelrooy, Cristiano Ronaldo, Rooney, Scholes, you know, Van der Sarf, Rio Ferdinand, the list goes on. You know, I've done, uh, done that and I'm so fortunate to have been given that opportunity, uh, opportunity, but I also know how hard I work to get there yeah. um, and what it takes to get there and how you can give yourself an opportunity as a, as a player to get in those situations. And sometimes it's not about um, right place, right time. Sometimes it's about just keep working when you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel because at some point you will get those opportunities and, you know, my pathway was a lot different to normal kids. I didn't get picked up until I was 16. And that wasn't through someone coming to watch me. That was because me and my mum wrote letters off for trials. So, you know, we wrote to every single professional league club and asked for a trial. Amazing. I think that's so, the, old, the old school way rather than, I think that's what a lot of kind of footballers in the 70s and 80s kind of used to do. They came up through the leagues, they wrote off to places. Uh, I was listening yeah. to a podcast the other week um, and it was a, a player who, who had, had, you know, written off to places and, and just luckily got, got in that way. So it's, it's quite, uh, you know, it's, it's probably it's quite admirable. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite admirable to do it, though, isn't it? It's quite a, an admir- admirable way. And, and then to get you just reward. Listen, listen, at the end of the day, Nick, pride comes before a fall in life. Simple yeah. as that. And if you want to make it in life, you've got to open the doors yourself sometimes. And, you know, I'm so thankful that my mum did that for me. I'm sat here saying me and my mum, right, it wasn't me. It was my mum, simple as that. And, um, you know, she she did that, but then it was my dad taking us here, there, and everywhere. Yeah, 100%. so brilliant. Yeah, so without their support, you know, it wouldn't have been possible. We've touched upon your your, your career, your your uh, illustrious career. Um, well, we touched upon it. Um, so I think what as fans we're interested in is kind of who you've played against and who you've played with. Um, so. Tell us, uh, so I, I asked you, we're not doing a quiz this week. I told, I, I said to you, we're not going to do a quiz. Um, yeah. Uh, we want to know your best 11 that you've either played with, played against, and then tell me why you've you've picked those players. Um, so you mentioned a few before, but um, so uh, you get to choose your formation. You're the manager. Um, yeah. And so we'll start off with the keeper. Who's the, who's the best keeper? I'm going to write these down as well, Andy, so we've got a record of it. Yeah, yeah. So great. The best keeper you've ever played with or against and why you picked him? It's got to be against, hasn't it, really? Uh, Edwin van der Sar doesn't get much better than that, I don't think. I think, you know, he's won, uh, you know, leagues. He's won Champions Leagues, um, you know, so many games and so experienced and uh you know um also uh 
spoiled my day when I thought I had a chance to score against United. He, he was quick off his line and snuffed that out. So, yeah, Edwin van der Sar is a goal. So, he's your, he's your goalkeeper. All right. So, uh, let's. how many are we playing at the back, Andy? I'm going to go for a four at the back. Four at the back. I'm just going to go a steady 4-4-2. Four, four, steady 4-4-2. Four, four, yeah. All right. Okay. So, shall we start with right back, number two? Right back. Um... Who was the hardest? I mean, to be honest, it wasn't when he was at United, but it was... I did okay, but we played Wolves pre-season um, when I was at Stockport. And um, Dennis Irwin was playing for at right-back for uh, for Wolves. And um, even though he was coming to the end of his career, it was just little things that he did that you thought, this is why he played at the top level. Like, you know, every time you got the ball, he would kick you off the ball and and things like that, and you you wouldn't have thought that about him. And uh, you know, just to, just tough, but also on the ball. Normally, you know, um, you'd think uh, you know can put a bit of pressure on, but you know, he he were comfortable on the ball, and you know, going forward, still had a good engine as well. So, um, so you know, got a lot of respect for Dennis Irwin and what he's done in the game and. Um, I sometimes don't think he got the, you know, the the, the kind of uh, respect he should have got for his career, to be honest. Because I, th- I, th- I I always thought he was a great player. You know, he could play with both left and right feet. I think he played at right back for Ireland, didn't he? He always played right back for Ireland. He did, yeah. yeah. He played a lot at left back for United. Yeah. So we've got mm. Dennis Irwin at right back. Who are we having at left back mm. then? Left back, um, I'd, I'd probably, I'd probably go with. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with um, George McCartney at Sunderland, right? Because. I mean, he, he just had a phenomenal engine on him, fantastic player, could get goals. Um, you know, what was great, uh, I mean, for, for me at times when you, you kind of roll inside, he'd, he'd take players away, he'd run them away, and um, but he also knew when to join in and when not to join in, but also it was one of them, if we lost the ball, he was very quick to regain the ball as well, and he went on from Sunderland and I think he played quite a lot for West Ham in the Premiership as well and did. did well, you know, Northern Irish International as well. So he came back from quite a serious injury as well. So, you know, potentially if he didn't get that serious injury, he might have gone on to... Even further. Even bigger things because he, he had everything, uh, in mm-hmm. my opinion. OK, so just to recap, we've got Van der Sar, we've got Irwin and we've got McCartney. So you've got your two centre-backs now. I'm not being, you don't have to pick a right foot and a left foot. Just give us two centre-backs. Who yeah. Are you two at the back? I'm going to put Gary Breen in there. He was wow, the captain when I went up to Sunderland. Um, Breen, he was uh, everything, you know, you, you want in a captain in terms of, you know, would lead by example on, on and off the pitch. 
quite reserved off the pitch, but I think sometimes you need that as a captain, you know, um, always approachable, but also, um, you know, when you do things right, it, it make you feel like, you, you know, you're, you're one of the best players on the pitch and things like that. And probably my biggest thing is, you know, he always trusted me with with the ball in terms of playing it out because, I, you know, wanting it in tight areas. And even if I lost it from a dribble, he'd always encourage me to keep doing it. And, um, you know, just the way he was with everyone and his relationship with Mick McCarthy, I thought was amazing as well. You know, sometimes they've had, they'd have the biggest barnies you've ever seen. And, you know, it might end up in one of them saying, I'm sorry in front of lads, <laughs> you know, like... Uh, I always remember one in Mick, Mick McCarthy and do you know what, Brini? Do you know what? I apologise. I shouldn't have called you that. I should, <laughs> you know, so just just funny things. I, you know, it was just some of that sort of stuff that really sticks out in your memory of how good a captain and how much respect people had for I was him. I going to say, it sounded like he commanded respect. If, if Mick McCarthy's even apologising to him, it sounds like he's a... Uh, but, yeah, listen, that's... I, I, on that situation, it was just that sticks out in my head. It was just a you know funny one. Really. Is he going to be your captain, Brini? Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who's he playing alongside then? Who's his uh, central defensive partner? Um, I I've thought long and hard about this, and I've probably left left it to the last minute. Um. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with him because them two had a good partnership when we got promoted, and um, he actually played on the left hand side was uh, Stevie Caldwell. Caldwell. Um, and I'm going with that just because those two had a really good partnership. Uh, you know when when we did go up, I uh, don't think I think they played quite a bit together. Sometimes they didn't, but certainly the season we got promoted, they were rock solid together. And to be fair to Stevie, he went on and. You know, got another promotion with Burnley, followed my path and went out to Toronto, did well out there. And now he's a pundit out there in Toronto as well. So, um, you know, I just thought them two as a partnership were a very good partnership, really. Um, and are you having five and six at the back? You're not having a four at the back? Like, a, you know what I mean? Like um, when you're central defenders, they're having five and six on the back of the shirts, aren't they? Four's always a central midfield. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, good. I'm just checking. Right. Sometimes so I put it at a four. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, uh, what about on your on your wings? Then are you playing on your wings? Well, I mean, you can't argue with Ronaldo, can you? So, <laughs> just just Ronaldo, isn't it? Yeah, why not? No, he was he was at the time he was a right winger for United, so I'm going to put him on the wing. Enough said about Ronaldo. I don't think we're, we're, yeah. he's just there, isn't he? Uh, what, yeah, about yeah, on the, yeah. what about on the left-hand side, then? On the left-hand side, Julio Arca. Oh, right, OK. At Sunderland, um, is he going to be at Sunderland? Yeah, and, and again, I think it got to the stage where, obviously, you know, if, you know, George, I mean, if George was injured, Julio would drop to to left back and I'd come in or if, you know, there was good competition in that area between the three of us. And, yeah. you know, certainly the years that I was there, it pushed me on as a player to go, right, I'm, I've got to improve and I've got to be at the top of my game. But Julio was an incredible player and 
funnily enough, going back to my management day, got, sorry, going back to the start of my management career, he played for South Shields uh, in their season when they won the league um, against my Osset team. Right. Um, so it was, you know, I, I, talking about when people say, can they do it? They can do it there, but can they do it here? Cold Tuesday night in Stoke. He could do it in a cold Tuesday night. He's about, I mean, if you've ever seen Julio play, he's, he's an incredible player. Um, you know, he, he, it's like he had the ball on a string and, you know, he was doing that on a, on a dry, bobbly end of season pitch, you know, um, taking, taking the mick out of people. And, um, you know, that's what he does. Um, so I think he was on some sort of crazy deal at South Shields where, um, to get him in there, he was on like a pound a fan that came through the door. So they were getting like up to nearly 2,000 fans yeah, through the gate and he'd get a pound of each fan. So Not bad, is it? Not bad if you can get it. That was rude. But, um, I mean, he, he, he was a, you know, he, he, he's, he was, you know, some of the things he used to do were, were different class and he was passionate. You know, that South, he was Arg little Argentinian, uh, that passion uh, and again it, a joy to train with every day and, and you know to play um, alongside as well brilliant so uh, we've just got uh, your two central midfielders then um, it's going, it is very united but Paul Scholes was incredible against us um, he was amazing you know, you're talking about the, the, the thing is, you know, I could say um, Gerard, Lampard, all these players, you know, you, you know, even talking about players, but, you know, I've stuck Julio in there. Could have been Iron Robin. It could have been, yeah. you know, these types of players. But I'm just going off my memory and, and I always remember playing United and, We've gone in at half time at the stadium of light and it's 2 0 to United. Um, you know, and Mick McCarthy said, second half, go out and just get into him first 10 minutes, see if we can claw a goal back. And Paul Scholes must have just kept the ball to himself for about three minutes, just get, get giving it to a full back, getting it back, popping it into a forward, getting it back. And you, you literally, you just couldn't get near him. Um, to think, and and, and, he's, and he's, his, his partner who's going to be in there with him was exactly the same, was Rui Costa. Oh, so right. played against Rui Costa at Benfica. Right. So, um, I, you know, I know a lot of the, the younger generation won't remember Rui Costa, Portuguese player. Um, Fiorentina. Fiorentina. Yeah. Fiorentina, AC Milan. Um, but in, uh, he was unbelievable. And he was, at the time, I think he was about 38, and it was Benfica came over to Toronto to play us in a pre-season friendly. And I swear to God, at one point, there was three of us chasing him, and he just had it like, he was just like, oh, oh, you know, when you hear him go, ole, like that, he, he was just like, running us round in a circle with because it I mean his stature he was six foot one, six foot two, you know, big thighs and but just tall and wiry and you couldn't couldn't get the ball off him, but you know, he's he was different class. 
very so, good. One but again, the- that could have been Lampard, it could have been Gerard, it could have been, you know, all these top, top players. Sorry, Andy, just one of the things, isn't it funny that um, with Rui Costa, you know, I know Portugal built the team around Rui Costa and yet we shoved Paul Scholes out on the left-hand side of midfield. It just seems know, yeah. such a waste, doesn't it? Right, yeah. that brings us uh, to our centre-forwards. Now, I don't know if you're going to play, are you going to play a 10, uh, a playmaker and a, and a traditional centre-forward or are you got, you know, a, a big lad and a small lad or how are you going to play it? Um... I'm just going to go two two centre forwards. Um, yeah, I'm just going to go two centre forwards. Man. My first one, um, I don't. I just I just loved him when he came. It's very united this this team, and I, and I totally get it. Um, but Van Nistelrooy, um, just I, I would go uh, Andy Cole because um, he was my hero at United, but. I don't know. I played against Andy Cole when he was at Man City and then obviously played against Nistelrooy when he was at United. And Van Nistelrooy was just... I know Andy Cole was a finisher, but he, Van Nistelrooy was just different level, in my opinion. And then your last centre-forward, then? Um, Is it going to be Tom Greaves? Yeah, yeah, Greaves. Um, no, I don't quite get in there. Oh. Um, yeah, it would be would be fairy tale if that. <laughs> I don't think that's box office, is it? I'm just no. trying to, you know, I thought about some of the players. I mean, certainly Marcus Stewart was incredible the season we went up, but again, that's going down them avenues. So thinking about some of the top players that you've played against, that you know. Um, have really, really stood out, and certainly uh, Drogba was very, very strong. But imagine, he's not going in. He's not going in. He's not I was going to say, can you imagine Drogba no. and Nistelrooy up front? That would be a real, real um, like physical. Team. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with. I'm. I'm not a fan of him. Well, I was a fan of him, and I wasn't. But I'm gonna go with Robin Van Persie. RVP. Because he's a lefty, yeah, as well, which is very rare, yeah. And I also think he would work well because he can drop off and he can go in behind, so he can get in the hole a little bit. Well, and just... Yeah. Um, but I also like the thought of having two wide men that can deliver into the box for two, you know, out and out goal scorers. Right. So I'm going to recap your team. So we've got Edwin Van der Sar in net. We've got Irwin at right back and George McCarthy at uh, left back. We've got Gary Breen yeah. in and uh, Caldwell in the middle. We yeah. Julio Arca, Paul Scholes, Rui yeah. Costa and Ronaldo in midfield. Robin Van Persie and Van Nistelrooy up top. Not a bad team, that. Not a bad... I mean, I'd like to say you probably could have put a billion players in there. Um, but Lord you know, McAuley. I mean, yeah, could have gone in. We'll put him on the bench, shall we? We could, if we try, Hernan Crespo. 
Hernan Crespo could have got it. His name dropping now. His name dropping. So we've got, we've got Crespo, right. We've got McAuley on the bench in case we're trying to defend a 1 0 lead. And we'll just yeah. slip him. It will take Van Persie off and we'll put McAuley in the middle. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. That's, it's a real fascinating insight into because obviously, you know, uh, we play, you know, Berry AFC play at a certain level, but it's almost, you know, it's all, always really interesting to hear those kind of, those about those type of players, you know, and, and it's, yeah. it's really, it's, you know, I think, I think a lot of our fans are football fans and I think people who watch this will be football fans. So it's always good to hear about those type of players and what they're like. Yeah. Right. So moving on, Andy, you avoided the quiz. So, uh, so uh, what, what are you hoping for for the next season then? So um, moving, you know, into the new season, what are you hoping for? Uh, just continuity, really. Um, it's. I don't. I don't know what what the fans or yourself or anyone else thought, but there was always a little bit of a niggle in the back of my head in terms of it did didn't feel right. It felt mm. like something was going to happen, like the season was going to get null and void or something. So I just think you know, going back to the start of the conversation of what is the plan and what are we doing uh, in terms of how's it going to start, how's it going to finish. Yeah, if X, Y, and Z uh, happens, really. Okay, brilliant. Um, Andy, thank you so much for joining us today, uh, and we'll uh, hopefully see you in the new season. Yeah, cheers, guys. Cheers, Andy. My thanks goes to Andy Welsh, the gaffer, and also thank you for watching. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe just somewhere below down here, the uh, little red tab or the bell. That'll keep you updated uh, with goals, latest news, and also some of our heritage videos. Uh, this is also available as a podcast. You can go to your podcast provider, ACAS, Apple, or Spotify, and leave a little review. Uh, we're also on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on TikTok. TikTok, and we're also on Twitter, type in Berry AFC, and you should be able to find us. Until next time, thank you very much for watching. Goodbye.